0: Okay, so let's get into that topic. Now, when you're managing conflict between two other people, it can be incredibly challenging and to be honest, it often comes along with a whole lot of stress. One of the things that we tend to find the most stressful is when we have a high level of responsibility, so we feel responsible for a problem, but at the same time, we have a low level of autonomy or ability to influence the situation. There's nothing that we can do about it. And so of course that puts us in a really tough spot because we feel responsible for the problem. We care about our staff. We can see the impact it's having on other members of the team, on the business, but there's no quick fix. There's no magic wand that we can wave. And that's one of the things that ultimately if it's left unaddressed can contribute to burnout. So it's a very stressful time. So when you're in those kind of situations, the first idea that you should really keep in mind is just looking after yourself It's going to be tough showing up and being the best version of yourself. So make sure that you're taking time out, recharging, preparing for difficult conversations, resetting after you've just had a difficult conversation because the last thing that you want is to carry that Effectively, it's a buildup of trauma, I guess, into the different conversations and interactions that you have. And so by the end of the day, you're super snappy and irritable with your kids, or you just feel like you can't unwind and switch off because you've just had this constant buildup of pressure and energy and tension. So find a way to release it. Look after yourself. This is particularly important when you decide to draw the line. When you're in these situations where you're managing conflict between two others, to be honest, I think a lot of the time in the early stages, the best strategy is just to observe but don't really do anything. I think a lot of the time people need a chance to figure it out on their own. And so if you decide not to jump in straight away, I I can certainly understand why you might do that. But at some stage, it will reach the point where you've decided that Enough's enough, you know, it just can't continue the way that it is. And so you've decided to put in place some boundaries or maybe enforcing boundaries for the first time. And so focus on what you can do in those situations, which, to be honest, is probably predict. You know, you know the people involved, you know the situation, so you probably have a rough idea of what to expect which means that then you can plan so we predict then we plan we think about the options we figure out the best way to have this conversation the best way to respond what will we do if they don't do what we're asking them to do what will they do if they refuse to take if, what will we do if they refuse to take on any responsibility etc and then prepare so predict plan and prepare that's what we need to focus on at that stage when we're putting boundaries in place uh, we might get carried away obsessing about that we want a quick fix or what we want them to do or we need them to do. But our part in that will be predict, plan, to prepare, and then execute. And take it seriously. These are challenging situations. I almost think one of the reasons why people don't prepare is that they have an assumption that it just comes easy to others. <laughs> and in my experience dealing with conflict is that it's something that doesn't come easy to many of us. It's incredibly stressful. We're literally hardwired to find disharmony in our relationships stressful. Uh, It's painful. It's a similar area of the pain that's activated for physical pain that gets activated in response to things like rejection, embarrassment, shame, that kind of thing. Uh, And so prepare, like don't just go in and come up with something off the top of your head, give it some time and energy And don't just walk in having had six espresso coffees and gone from busy meeting to busy meeting. Um, Take five minutes to calm yourself down and do some deep breathing or go to the bathroom or look through your notes before you walk in the door so that you're not walking in at an eight out of 10 level of stress from the word go. So we're at the point now where we decide to talk about the situation. We've sort of thought about the self-care and then done the predicting, planning and preparing. Often a helpful outline for dealing with it is to name the issue first, then to empathize, then coach or problem solve or come up with a plan, Uh, and then ultimately after that it will just be follow through. So name the issue, empathize, and then coach. Let's look at that first step, naming the issue. It's important to use language that's direct, so don't just beat around the bush and say something like, oh, it seems like things are a bit unsettled within the team, it will be more effective to say, I wanted to talk about how things are between yourself and John. I wanted to talk about how things are between you and this particular other person. Uh, We use a neutral framing, I guess. So we're just saying how things are. It seems like there's a lot of tension in your relationships at the moment. It seems like maybe you're both experiencing things as being a bit tricky. It seems like you both got a lot of pressure, you've got a lot on your plate, and I'm wondering if at times you're stepping on each other's toes. So it's this neutral and mutual way of talking about this issue. It's neutral in the sense that it's no one's fault, and to some extent it's not even like a catastrophe or unexpected, it's just it is what it is, just neutrally observing the situation. And it's mutual in the sense that there's a mutual responsibility for solving it. So I wouldn't say I want to talk about how you're speaking to this other person or I wouldn't say how you're giving feedback to them. I'd say something like I want to talk about how communication is between the two of you and what might need to be tweaked or adjusted for things to start to improve. So it's this sense of mutual responsibility and that really does begin from the way that you name the issue. And then depending on the situation, you might also add different levels of Implying that this needs to change, like this is unacceptable, this isn't going to work moving forward, this needs to be different, you know, I just want to check on where things are up to because the last thing that we want is problems to start to creep in in your working relationship. So from the word go, I'm saying I want to talk about this because it needs to be different. I'll give you a couple of examples. You could say something like, look, I wanna talk about how things are between yourself and Jane. I know she's a lot younger than you, and I'm sure that some of the things she does pushes your buttons or gets under your skin. At the same time, it's important that the two of you can find a way to work together. And given the fact that you're in a team leader role, I would expecting you to take a first step in this type of a process. So I'm saying, I want to talk about how things are with you. I know that she's contributed something. It's probably pretty difficult. You know, you're flat out at work. It's not surprising, I guess, that the two of you rub each other the wrong way at times. At the same time, I wanted to talk about helping things to start to improve moving forward. As another example, you could say something like, look, I know things between you and Jake are really strained right now. Or there's a lot of tension right now or things are difficult in your working relationship, it seems like it's causing you both a lot of stress. And what, from my perspective, I've observed is that something needs to shift because this situation is untenable moving forward. So things are strained between you and Jake, it's causing you both a lot of stress, it seems like something needs to shift, what's your take on the situation? So we name the issue and then the next step is empathy. And that often starts with exploring and then involves acknowledging. So if we break that empathy process down into explore and acknowledge, exploring is often the questions that we ask, the way that we open up the conversation, the prompts that we give to get the other person to keep speaking. Uh, Acknowledging is where we play back or name or summarize or just... I guess validate some of the emotions or negative impact or efforts that the person's made or energy levels etc. So at the beginning you could just ask something general like what's your take on the situation what's your perspective how do you see things what 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 are you finding at the moment from your point of view and it's really just this neutral curious way of saying what's going on from your perspective can you fill me in a bit on what you're thinking and what you're feeling Open-ended questions are fine, how did that play out, what was that like for you, Uh, how how did you respond when that happened. These kind of questions, they're particularly helpful and they're called open-ended questions because the other person can answer in any number of ways. Closed-ended questions though can still be really helpful and they're good, they're perfectly fine. The problem is that if you ask too many closed-ended questions, so I'm talking about questions that are like yes and no, or when did that happen, these types of questions, did you talk to him or him, there's a limited number of possible responses there, that's why they're called closed, and if you ask too many closed-ended questions in a row, it tends to start to feel like an interrogation. So a closed-ended question like, um, have you had a chance to talk to him about this yet, I think that's helpful because it's very specific and it gets the other person to focus on a very specific thing like there was an opportunity to talk to the other person about it and they haven't done it or is that a way that they've contributed to it or how is this The fact that it hasn't been discussed meant that things have started to get worse behind the scenes. So closed-ended questions are really helpful for bringing focus to a particular area, or sometimes you do just need a particular bit of information, but I would put the, the emphasis on not so much you understanding what's going on, but facilitating them to develop awareness of what's going on coaching approach I'm not the one that needs to be the expert and teach them what I need to do is facilitate their learning so we ask open and closed ended questions the other thing that we can use is mirroring or reflecting basically where we repeat back a few of the words that the person said so you know if they say something like I'm just so sick of them they're just being completely unreasonable you could reflect back that you feel like they're being unreasonable With that upward inflection, so it sounds a bit like a question, it's this really lovely organic way of getting the other person to keep talking without needing to ask another question. And in my experience, it's just a really helpful tool that we can use to encourage the other person to expand and explore. And then after they've shared a bit, we would just acknowledge it. It sounds like things are really tough right now. It sounds like that's been really draining Um, It sounds like that's actually caught you off guard. You hadn't experienced this with other people you've had to deal with. It sounds like you've found this all really frustrating. It's just summarizing what they've told us. And then the final step is to coach. We're helping them to develop a plan, helping them to get clear on what they're aiming for and helping them to take a step in that direction. So if our goal then is to coach them around what they can do, First, we need to ask them about what kind of relationship they need. So literally, we can just say to them, look, what kind of relationship do the two of you need to have together for this kind of problems to start to minimise? You could say to them, you know, look, you don't have to be friends, you don't need to be mates, you don't need to be buddies. Uh, But at the same time, if the fact... If the two of you can't speak to each other, that's not going to work given the fact that you're in the same team. So could you help me understand from your perspective, what would just an appropriate, respectful, professional relationship look like just from your your point of view? So I'm saying to them, what are you aiming for here? <laughs> and that's sometimes quite enlightening for people to realize that they don't need to be friends. It's particularly important if they were friends previously and then there's been some kind of a falling out or an incident or something like that. So saying to them, look, what, what actually are you aiming for? What's the minimum viable communication or closeness or whatever else it is for this to be okay Let's not worry about fixing it and going for the gold star, absolute perfection. What's a good enough version of reality? And then we start to shift our focus on aiming for that. Then I often just ask questions around options. What could you do? What have, what, what have you thought about doing? Um, what have you tried when you've been in these kind of situations previously? Uh, Who do you know who's really good at dealing with these kind of issues? What would they do in this kind of a situation? Who could you go to for a bit of advice? Who could you go to for a bit of support? So again, I'm not the one that comes up with the answer, but I'm encouraging both of them to think through what do they need to do here? And in part, that will be to do with what they need to do with the other person. Like, I guess I should clear the air or ask them what's going on or give them a bit of empathy or let them have a vent or apologize. Or, you know, maybe there's some things they need to do with the other person. But it might also just be things for themselves. Like, yeah, look, I realize, you know, probably having a bottle of wine at night is impacting my sleep, which isn't helping you know, I need to rejoin the gym or something. I don't know. It's up to them, but you might find that they come up with options or steps they need to take that don't actually directly involve the other person going to see counselling, whatever. The final step after we've gone through the options is to help them to develop a plan. This often starts with a question like, what's your next step? Or where to from here? Or given all of that, what would be a starting point for you? But I do want to walk away from that conversation with them clear on a next step that they can take because that will significantly increase the chances that they'll actually go away and do something differently rather than just venting to me. And then unfortunately, sometimes they might even feel like then you're on their side if all you've done is listen to them and you haven't taken the steps I've talked about today, which might demotivate them to actually change their behavior. Because if they think that Simon agrees with me and he's after all the big boss here, then you know, he's going to fix it. He's going to tell the other person why they're completely wrong. So of course, why on earth would they ever think about doing anything in that kind of a situation? Whereas if you help them to get clear on what they're aiming for and the steps that they can take and making it very clear that this is their responsibility for solving this problem, at least helping shift things in the right direction or giving it a chance to shift and giving the other person the benefit of the doubt or being willing to at least talk it through, even if they're pessimistic about what the outcome would be, then that's really all that you're asking them to do. So I hope that that's been helpful for you talking about some of those steps of naming the issue and some of the options there, how we can empathize, give the other person that sense of feeling heard and then taking that coaching approach at the end of the conversation or the meeting as we start to think about next steps or what needs to shift in terms of their working relationship. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you've got a question or a a bit of feedback about the podcast, you can shoot me an email podcast at simongood.com. Otherwise, all the best for managing the conflict situations that you're dealing with at the moment. Bye for now.